Welcome to the fifth episode of the third season of Breadcrumbs, our youth ministry podcast at Bread of Life Church. I'm Jason Lowe, the youth pastor. Our theme this season is Where God Has Taken Me, My Spiritual Journey. The fact is that life is a journey with peaks and valleys, and our spiritual lives, our relationship with Jesus, is no exception. But it's often by virtue of the journey itself that we grow and draw nearer to our God and Savior. In this fifth episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. At the time of this release, the calendar has turned to May, and that means that just about every high school senior has made a decision about what they will be doing in the fall. For most, that means they've chosen what college they'll be enrolling in. And for most, this is the first time the next step of their lives hasn't been determined ahead of time. When you go from fourth to fifth grade, not much changes. Same school, same classmates, different teacher or teachers. But even moving from eighth grade to ninth, you know it's coming. It'll be a different school, but you already know what school that will be. But not so for our high school seniors. While they may apply to just one to two dozen schools, or even less, that list has been narrowed from thousands of possibilities. So I sat down with a handful of students to ask them about their college application experience, a nerve-wracking experience that carries a lot of hopes, uncertainty, anxiety, elation, and disappointment. And here's what I wanted to know. Given the thoughts and feelings of our students going through this process, how can we at Bread of Life reframe our college conversations to have a kingdom focus rather than a worldly one? Each of the students contributing to this episode will remain anonymous. This is for two reasons. First, I wanted them to be as open and honest as possible, something much easier to do when they know no one will know who it is. Second, for those listening, I hope you can put yourself in their shoes. It could be that the thoughts and feelings they express mirror your own. I'd imagine it'll be easier to do that if you don't know who it is. Now, here's the thing about college acceptances and rejections and decisions. It is a big deal. It matters. And where anyone ends up, has a huge impact on what the rest of your life looks like. I left the San Francisco Bay Area and went to school in LA, and my whole life has been in SoCal ever since. But is there a difference between approaching this process and the decision as a big deal and the way that we approach it? Could it be possible that our approach threatens to leave students assigning success and worth and significance to themselves based on the schools or programs they do or do not get accepted to, or the one that they end up at. Well, um, honestly, like, I feel like going to college, it's like almost like what I've been working for my entire life. And if I didn't get into a school I wanted to go to, I would just be 
disappointed in myself because, um, you know, like up until now, it's always been about where you're going to go to college, like where you're going to study to become. And if I can't even get into, you know, the school that I want, then I feel like almost a failure. Do a lot of people or have a lot of people over the years asked you that question? Yeah, it was, um, it was not really like my direct family, but you know, like other people would ask me like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, where do you want to go to school? And honestly, I had never given it much thought until this year. Like it just like amplified like 10 times the amount of people asking me. And yeah, I feel like, um, while there has been like, you know, like some pressure throughout the years, it just like really got heavy this year. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting that response. What makes it more surprising to me is that this student's parents put no pressure to get into any particular school. It was an internal thought that certainly weighed heavily in their thoughts. But what it reveals is what's most important for our conversation. Years of their life had all been leading up to this moment, applying to college. Elementary school, middle school, and now high school have all been precursors to this moment, finding your way into the quote-unquote right school. So it's not hard to realize why a failure to get into that school or those schools means that the past decade or so has, at least to some extent, been a failure. That you are a failure. And right there, we find what I think is the real issue. Am I worthy? Every person has a deep desire and need to know that they are significant and valuable that they are gifted and talented enough to earn honor and to avoid shame. As young children, we learn and we grow and quickly identify the gifts and talents we have, or at least what it is that our parents and our peers will admire about us, will commend us for. It could be athleticism or musicality or creativity or any number of things. But for students, intellect or more specifically academics, will forever be a place to earn honor and avoid shame. I mean, think about it. Do students in the class know who the smartest people are? The people who set grading curves and are in the running to be valedictorian? Do students assess where they fall in the academic pecking order in their class? Whose grades are better than theirs? Whose are worse? Of course they do. And this isn't a new thing. In fact, it's not really an academic thing. It's a human thing. This is what we do. We search for what will make us stand out amongst our peers, and we become that thing. He's really good at soccer. He's a soccer player. She's really good at drawing. She's an artist. His voice is amazing. He's a singer. Her cookies are so good, I would pay for them. She's a baker. 
And that's where we find comfort and where we define ourselves. Because there, I get likes, I get compliments, I am valued. And we shy away from the things we're bad at because no one likes to look foolish and bear the embarrassment and shame that goes with it. But that's exactly why college applications and decisions are so difficult. Because in our community, every student is applying and every student is getting accepted or rejected from a list of schools, which often shares many of the schools their friends have on their own list. That means there's little place to hide when you get rejected and your classmate gets accepted to the very same school. Well, uh, focusing on my friend group in particular, it's really interesting how things have turned out with like the kids who have committed places. Because uh, I consider our friend group to be pretty academically rigorous, really high achieving um, sort of group. And it's funny because you have like this, the, the kids who prioritized like reputation the most and then they just didn't get into the schools that they wanted to. Um, same thing with me. I prioritized um, reputation and I didn't get into a lot of the schools I really would have liked to get into or that had that reputation I was looking for. Um, and this is specifically junior year before we started the process. It was just like, we were getting our ACT SATs done and you just have high hopes for the future. I had really high hopes because I had a, a good test score, right? Um, and it's interesting because like the kids who seem to not care as much I mean, one of them is going to Berkeley, right? And like, she, she didn't seem like she cared about her academics that much. And it was really surprising to hear that she got in because we had had classes together and like, I had performed better in those classes. Um, I was really happy for her, uh, but also happy for her in the fact that like, I didn't actually apply to Berkeley. So there was no jealousy like, oh, she got in and I didn't, but her, my, my grades are better than hers or something like that. Yeah. Um, it was just like, you can be genuinely happy for people. Do you think that if you had applied to Berkeley that there would have been uh, conflicted feelings? I think so, yeah. I think there would have been some semblance of of conflicted feelings and especially had it happened like with the person I was junior year. You see, and when that happens, you get left trying to explain away why your resume wasn't enough. So maybe you blame it on COVID or on admissions because the alternative is harder to consider that you're not good enough and that you're a failure. Right, and there, I mean, there's a lot 
it's really easy to blame it on like the admissions and like how crazy this year has been. And I feel like a lot of my friends and I have also been doing that. It's kind of easy to to blame our quote unquote failures on the admissions people. Like I have a friend who really wanted to get into um, UCLA, uh, but her major was really impacted. And like my way of comforting her was like, I'm sure you were qualified. I'm sure you like had all the, the qualifications like every other kid did who applied or like a, a significant number and that the UCLA admissions I was saying something along the lines of like they just spread all your applications out and got a dart and just threw it right because you have so like an enormous amount of applications coming in especially from UCLA like it it broke records or something and it's like it's not because you weren't qualified. It's not because um, you didn't deserve it. It was just like luck at the draw kind of thing. Um, which I think is a nice way to cope with the fact that like you feel rejected you feel like a failure and I mean she was totally up like super duper upset about it but it's like it's not your fault it's not because you didn't go the extra mile it's just because this happened Or maybe you notice that you find ways to let others know you got into reputable schools that you won't be attending. In other words, the school I'm going to isn't as reputable, but it's not because I can't get into good schools. So maybe we would do something like this. One thing I've noticed myself doing, uh, specifically when I talk to adults, but also to other students, is I like to name drop the like higher reputation schools I got into that like I we I just can't go there for um, financial reasons or right? it's like I'm I basically say like oh I got into this school but it's like the tuition is ridiculously high and I'm not willing to spend that kind of money. It's just to say, like, I wasn't not worthy of this school. I got in. I decided to reject them for my own personal reasons. And I think that's an interesting thing I do when I talk to adults is, like, especially... Generally, when I have these conversations, it's like adults and then they're with their kid. 
Our students are growing up in an intensely competitive environment that creates pressure, whether they like it or not. And it's pressure that threatens their sense of value and significance. Whether they hear it from peers, adults, or even within their own minds, they find reason to boast or to be ashamed because of the schools they did or did not get into. But we need to be different. We need to battle against this. The Apostle Paul in Galatians 6.14 says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The Bible is clear. We must battle the temptation to boast in anything but Jesus. And that includes the temptation to boast in our academic record, our options for college. If we do nothing, each year our seniors will be spiritually assaulted by the competitive environment and the subtle impact of the facial expressions and words that assign honor and apply shame to an issue that should carry no such weight. We can and should give college decisions importance because they are important, but we must take care that they don't become measuring sticks for our identity or value. It's time for three thoughts, three reflections on the conversation, or in this episode, it's more like three suggestions, three ways I think we can grow in our college conversations. But before I get to the suggestions, let me define who I'm talking to. While this episode is most relevant for students and their families, I am speaking here to the entire Bread of Life community. If our community learns to have countercultural college conversations, our students will find it much easier to have a kingdom-minded approach to such a significant season of their lives. Here we go. First, take a genuine interest in who a student is and not just where they're going. It's implied from the beginning. The reputation of a college matters to students, and it matters to parents. A clear, simple question to students got me a clear, simple response. Do you think people take a lot of pride in the school that they go to? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think parents take pride in the school that their child goes to. If it's like Harvard, then yes. Yes, I would think so. A deeper look gives a similar answer. Reputation matters. Sometimes, like, I, I, I actually don't really like talking about it. I only talk about it when people ask me, but sometimes, like, I'm, like, listening in on a conversation and, like, People are talking about like, oh, I got into this school and then like I can like see like the drop on their face like that they didn't get in and I just I just feel like um, people start comparing themselves to others like how did they get in and I didn't or like um, why do they deserve to get in more than me like I do feel like the environment at school is kind of tough 
as in people keep comparing themselves to others. So let's ask students about what schools they are considering, and then ask them about how they feel about their situation, what they think about it, what worries do they have, what hopes. Second, give students space to not know where they're going or what they're going to do. Amongst peers, it's easy to compare. If one classmate already knows they want to go to a certain school with a certain major to get into a certain program and to make it to graduate school for a certain field, then there certainly is pressure for me to know as well. I would hardly want to admit that I have no such plan, even if the truth is that I don't know any of those answers. Um, so it can be a delicate topic for me at times because it's such a big and important decision for me to make. And I feel pressured sometimes when people ask me questions because I don't really think that I can answer them right away. Like when they're asking, like, do you know exactly what you want to do? Do you know exactly what you want to study? I really don't know. And so it has been a little bit hard for me to talk about it. And um, sometimes I just like try to keep conversation short because I'm just undecided. And sometimes it feels like I should already know what I want to do at this point, but I don't. Instead of expecting students to plan out and know every step, or celebrating those who do. Let's listen to what thoughts a student does have about what they want to do and encourage them in their process to discover. And let's help each other to keep our eyes on the truth that living for and building the kingdom of God is what all Jesus followers should do. And that's something we do know for certain. And third, let's remind ourselves that where we go for college matters a lot, but it matters much less than trusting God wherever we go. We are teaching our students to build faith habits for life. We cannot know or control the details of our lives, including where we go to college. Life is unexpected, but through the unexpected, our hope and joy persevere because we trust in our God. Our goal for our students is not that they go to this school or that one, but that whatever school they go to, they learn to trust and rely on God. Thanks to each of the students who contributed to our conversation about colleges. I pray that Bread of Life becomes a community that celebrates the transition from high school to college, but celebrates our identity and life in Christ even more. Thanks for joining us. See you next month.